0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The Summit Lighthouse brings you practical spiritual answers and is the open door to sacred mysteries. These teachings, delivered by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, are compelling Thought provoking and timeless. Here are your hosts, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy.
1: Well, thank you very much and welcome. By some wondrous divine alchemy, you have chosen to spend time with us today, and we are grateful. You have tuned to The Open Door, the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters and where we invite you to awaken to the light within. Today, the title of our show is, What Happens When We Die? What Happens When We Die?
2: Oh, Inter- introduce that guy Well, first. yeah, I
1: should do that. Well, I'm Tom Schumacher. Well, and
2: I'm Terry Kennedy. Yes, you are, and this is... <laughs> I'm Sid Bennett.
1: Thank you. Gosh, I, I just totally forgot. I got so wound up. I'm thinking about this topic. Well, it,
2: yeah, it's because this is going to be a fun show.
1: Oh, yes, we're talking about death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I was thinking about this before the show started. We've had how many lifetimes? 10,000 something. You'd think we'd know by now what happens when we die. We've had a lot of practice. Right. But?
3: Yeah, but unfortunately, we lose our memory. Actually, maybe fortunately in some <laughs> yeah. cases, but when we embody, we lose our memory, and so we don't know what it's like. Um, we just sort of absorb what the culture says about mm-hmm. death, and our culture says a lot about death.
2: So you get a clean slate right, right there as you come down the birth canal. Things are kind of wiped out. Yep. And, and, uh, and that know. has its
3: pluses and its minuses, yep. obviously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And you go basically you go for what, about 12 years before things start to come back as memory? Or well, no, you, that's
3: what, at 12 is when your karma starts that's to when descend, for okay. most people anyway. Yeah. Okay. But anyway.
1: It's just nice to know that. We'll, we'll probably cover that later in the show. But uh, dealing with the fact that we come back to balance karma. That's mm-hmm. an important topic, yeah. and that karma does not descend as a, as an infant. Not we usually, have a few years to kind of yeah. gear up for it if yeah. we're even aware of that. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that we are very well aware of, particularly in the West, the images that we think of when we think of death, you know, the pearly gates, St. Peter, the angels in the harps, and the light at the end of the tunnel. And apparently, some of that has some value or some truth in it, particularly the light part But when we talk to people, we read about people who have had near-death experiences and what they experience as they leave the body, they're all kind of going towards something. There's a magnetic attraction that's pulling them away from their physical body into a greater body. Isn't that kind of the general sense of it? Well, I think
3: that's what happens with a lot of people. They, They realize that there's something more than the physical body. And, of course, that's true of a lot of people, but I think we'll get to it later in the show. That doesn't happen to everybody. And it all depends upon who you are, in the sense of what are you in your aura, in your force field? Is there love there? Is there not love? Is there buoyancy? Is there joy? Is there devotion? Is there service? Or people that live a very selfish life, that do heinous crimes, perhaps, um, they aren't going to have the same experience. And I think when we get into this, I hope we'll talk about that a little bit. We will. Because you determine what happens to you when you die.
1: Okay, so let's kind of... um I'm not sure there's ever a true beginning to this, but let's begin with the the moment of transition. Some uh, will make that transition in their sleep. Some will make it through a very horrendous and perhaps even untimely situation or circumstance. So when that soul, when that consciousness is suddenly disconnected from the body, what is that like? I mean, are, are we bewildered, confused? Well, I, again,
3: I'll go back, Tom, <clears throat> and say that how you experience death is a reflection of how you live. And, you know, I love, I've used this quote before, but from the Edgar Cayce readings, he said, a dead Baptist is a dead Baptist. <laughs> so, you know, um, you are who you are, and you carry the same momentums for positive or negative to you when you leave the body through what we call death as you were in life. So the idea that suddenly you're transformed into this angelic being because you die and because you've accepted Jesus as your Savior is just not the case. Because we understand that through karma and reincarnation, we create who we are. So when we look at each other, it, ourselves in the mirror every day, we've created what we see, mm-hmm. and the positive and the negative. And so we can change that. So when a person passes on whatever momentums they have in their own life, Whatever light they have garnered in their aura or not garnered will determine what happens to them. So there's no single answer for what happens at the point of death. But let's take the most positive uh, mm-hmm. aspect. Someone that's been very devoted, that's given a service uh, to life in whatever form <clears throat> it is, mm-hmm. that has devotion to God and to other people, has, has love in their auras. That creates a buoyancy. Okay, Light. Light is a buoyancy in your aura. And so very often when people leave their bodies, they will see their physical body, whether on a hospital bed or at the scene of an accident or something. Sure. And some people that don't have a momentum of light, they'll linger there. You know, what are ghosts? They're discarnates that don't know, maybe not know they're dead, number one. And number two, don't know where to go. Why don't they know where to go? because they haven't had the light or the buoyancy in their aura that will take them to the heaven realms, what we call the etheric plane. Mm-hmm. And so they try and stay with what they're familiar with. And, you know, I don't know if you saw the movie Ghost uh, a number oh, yeah. of years ago mm-hmm. and, uh, and so forth, where, you know, a person that's dead will try and get attention for someone and be very frustrated because they can't get that because they can't see them. So that happens to uh, perhaps an individual that's in a sudden accident and is confused, or someone that doesn't have a certain momentum of light, that can take them literally to the what we call the etheric plane or the heaven plane, which has many different levels. And, of course, even in that movie, you remember, there was a tunnel of light at the end yes, where he right. went to. And many people that have near-death experiences do relate that. So there's no pad answer for this, except that we determine what happens to us at the point of death.
1: Well, and I think at the point is where the the consciousness, the soul, can hang around for a while. Like, it, I, I think the masters have even said... Yeah, many of us attend our own funerals. Yeah, you know we're we're kind of there, or we're in that space for a time. Is there a period of time? Are we talking like seventy two hours, where the soul has to finally make that? um, I don't. I want to say conscious choice, but wherever it's going to be going next. Well, is that going to happen again?
3: I'm not sure. There's a answer to that. But but what happens is, and what the ascended masters teach is that when someone passes on. They recommend it, uh, they recommend they do not embalm the body, you keep it refrigerated for <clears throat> at least seventy two hours mm-hmm. and then you cremate it and during that period it allows the soul to to, dis- to extricate d- itself. extricate itself from the physical form, so to speak okay. and we have specific prayers that we make to help the soul you know the Catholics pray for people in uh, purgatory, right? Is that it? Yes. And so it's the same principle. We do pray for people that pass on. They'd be cut free from all attachments to the earthly plane and anything that would hold them back from wherever God wants them to be. So there are rituals and things you can do to help people at the point of death, and it's important to know those.
1: Now, you know, uh, taking a slight right turn here, there are four, as we know, there are four planes of matter. The um, mental, emotional, etheric, and the astral. Does the astral plane pay, play a big role here in this um, transition of the soul, extricating itself from the body, moving on to the next stage of its evolution? Yes. Yes.
3: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> moving right along. <laughs> no, let, let's just back up a little bit. Um, you know, we talk about heaven and hell. It's not quite that simple, mm-hmm. one or the other. The ascended masters teach there are 33 levels of what they call the etheric plane, or what we would correlate to heaven, mm-hmm. Okay. And um, some of them are so high that the Ascended Masters haven't been there yet. So they also teach there's 33 levels of the astral plane and what people would commonly think of hell. So Mm. a higher level of the astral plane may be a lot like Earth, so to speak. But you get down to the 33rd level, which is the deepest part of hell, that's not some place you want to be. It's a nasty place. So what happens is um, when you leave your body, you are going to be magnetized or attracted to the place that you are most like. So if you've lived a life of, life of devotion, mm-hmm. of love, of givingness, of service, where are you magnified to? The etheric plane, whatever level
2: that might be. You're going to be with other souls that are that are in a similar place, so right. to speak, right? And you can,
3: yeah. you know, it's obviously what people call heaven. You hear the people talk about near-death near death experiences. Right. Most of them see the etheric plane. Now, there's a few that have seen hell, but mm-hmm. most of them see the etheric plane. And, of course, what's the first thing they say is? I like it here. I don't want to go back. You know? <laughs> right. So, so, But anyway, so you will be magnetized at the point of death to the place that is most like your vibration. Mm-hmm. And, and so when you think about that, what a motivation to sort of clean up our acts, as right. it were, regardless yeah. of our age. You know, what do I want in my aura? Do I want joy? Do I want love? Do I want service? Do I want complaining? Do I want negativity, <laughs> a sense of injustice, yeah. anger, resentment, okay? Whatever qualities dominate who you are is where you'll be magnetized to.
1: You know, I came across a, a quote from one of the um, one of the books, the you know, San Master Teachings. I don't remember which one it was, but it said, the astral plane is the immediate layer of consciousness above the physical world. The astral plane is the repository of the collective thought and feeling patterns, conscious and unconscious of mankind, polluted with the impure records of the race memory. Souls who lack the necessary spiritual momentum to rise to the etheric octave hover around all the old familiar places in the physical world.
3: Yeah, they do. And again, going back, remember the scene in Ghosts where they're in the subway? Yes. Yeah. And he sees the other guy down there on the subway? The guy's yeah. trying
1: to get cigarettes out of the cigarette machine. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
3: so, so, you know, it's interesting to see these things because this is what in fact happens. And what is so exciting about this teaching, uh, and what I, I'm, I was really thrilled that we were going to do this show, is because when people have this knowledge They can do something about it. Yes, indeed. You know, at the point of death, you are who you are. Let's face it. But now we have life. We have breath. We have opportunity. We can choose to embody those qualities that we know are of God and that will take us where we want to go. We don't live for death; we live for life. Exactly. And, and also we great distinction. We can we can dispel the fear that we have
2: that that it's going to all be over. You know, the, 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 the curtain's going to close and nothing's going to be
1: there. Oh yeah, and we know there's nothing to fear. I mean, it's one of the fallen ones' plots right. to make us fear death as if it's something that's terrible, unwelcome. Right, and it's maybe just the opposite. We
3: don't seek death because we're here for a purpose. And this is why the Ascended Masters teach us that life must be sustained as much as possible. Now, if someone's brain dead, that's a different situation. But euthanasia goes very much against the teachings of the Ascended Masters because even if people are suffering in their old age, they're suffering for a reason. They're balancing karma. Mm -hmm. They're going to have a better resurrection if they allow themselves to go through it. And God is compassionate. The angels are compassionate. The Ascended Masters are compassionate and will be with people and help them strive them. But it is absolutely the wrong thing to choose to end a life for what seemingly are good reasons. This person is suffering. What's the point? Um. When it's God's will that they experience this so they can balance karma and again have a better resurrection. We're here on the planet to balance karma. And many times great saints will not have that pleasant uh, passing, so to speak. Because again, they're balancing not only their personal karma, but world karma. So I, I think we can see here there's a lot more to the equation than what traditional Christianity and what the world teaches.
1: Well, and I, yeah, I mean, and this is a great way to start this whole conversation because ultimately when we say or ask that question, what happens when we die, it's a whole new world that opens up for us. It's and a it's- question every person on this planet has asked.
3: Yeah. And some dismiss it, well, it's just the great void, you know, it's the end. Yeah. We're, we're just evolved, you know, protoplasm, so what difference does it make, you know, and that's why these people live, may live very hedonistic lives, you know, because it doesn't matter. Well, it does matter. It matters more than we can comprehend, And don't believe the lie that um, we can do all these things with impunity when we know in our hearts they're not right.
1: Indeed. And I think that the kinds of words we use that are synonymous with the experience are incorrect, as death being the end. In fact, it is not. It's it's like moving from one room to another. Exactly. You know, it's very simple.
3: And you want to go to a nice room.
1: You'd like to go to a nice room. (laughs) Well, on that note, let's take a nice break. We'll be back in a couple minutes.
0: The Voice America
4: 7th Wave Channel
0: Seek Greater Awareness
4: Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the Violet Flame, the Creative Power of Sound, and a deep, personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads.
5: Right now, all over the world, warriors of light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself access lesson one right now completely free no login required simply go to tsl.org keepers and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical ascended master teachings lessons are printed or available online for anytime anywhere access and anyone can join Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a keeper of the flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org/keepers and prepare to accelerate. This
0: is the Voice America Seventh Wave Channel. Listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at TSL.org. Now, back to our show.
1: And indeed, we are back, and welcome back to you who stayed with us. Thank you very much. Today's topic is what happens when we die. And we've been exploring that from various different uh, angles here in this first segment. Now, we want to maybe focus it in a little bit because I know one of the things that some people are very concerned about is what happens when the young uh, die or there's an untimely death. Um, you know, I mean, this is not something we necessarily can say with any definitive uh, rightness that we know what happens. But I think it's fair to say that when the young die, we are especially affected. We're touched in ways that we wouldn't be touched by someone who's perhaps lived a longer uh, hopefully, more fruitful life. Right. So what do you think about that? In fact, be, be, let me, before I, you answer that question. Before
3: <laughs> really, you answer that question, I'm going to answer it. <laughs> right. Well, I,
1: I just wanted to read something here really quick because this, this was from uh, Elizabeth Clare Prophet answering this very question. I thought in a quite a beautiful way. Um, she said, angels wrap the soul in swaddling garments of light as that one is born to homes of light in the heaven world. If the death was traumatic or untimely, the soul may be comforted by heavenly helpers. This is particularly true for children. Sometimes they sleep for a time in a lovely room with plants and soft light and music that bathes the soul in the love of heaven. When ready to awaken, they are gently roused by angelic helpers and taken to schoolrooms where they can be instructed by angelic beings and masters of light. That nice.
2: It's very very sweet.
1: That's so comforting.
2: And, and I particularly liked what what Mark had to say in the lecture that I was reading prior to the show about how how he went to this place where there were where the children were and there were there was a house mother, there were fathers, <laughs> there were there were uh, Elysian fields to play in. It was like a city uh, kind of up at the cloud level, hmm. and and uh, and they didn't age because there was there's no reason for them to age necessarily. And it was just so precious. I mean, he painted this wonderful picture of how well taken. It shows you
3: the tenderness of God. Yeah. And the love and the care. And, you know, I want to share, too, when sometimes children leave embodiment at an early age, there, it can be an accident that wasn't necessarily god's will because someone's neglect or so forth and of course they're especially cared for but there are children that come forth just for a short period of time mm-hmm. for whatever reason for their own karma or even to bear world karma mm-hmm. and so if you ever have lost a child or know someone lost a child know that god especially cares for them in the most tender compassionate loving way And I think it's, you know, we think of our our own selves as children in one sense, Our, 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 our inner child, our soul as being children, and to know that God wants to give us all the comfort, all the love, all the help he can. And the only thing that will block that is our free will when we choose to embody those qualities that prevent God from being there. Yeah. You know, I think of the the lie of Las Vegas, you know, that, that phrase I used to use, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. <laughs> I mean, think of the diabolical <laughs> nature of that lie. Oh, it is saying, you can escape your karma here, God's not looking. Yeah. And that's, that's the lie <laughs> of the serpent and the fallen angels. You yeah. know, it doesn't matter what you do, come on, life is for enjoyment and so on and so forth. And so whether it's alcohol or marijuana or whatever it is they entice people into, that will keep them from being the person they want to be so that now they can fulfill the purposes of God in their life, but they can, obviously, when they leave their physical form, they can go where God is going, wants them to go. And I want to share one thing that's important here. For those that don't make it to the etheric plane, they get stuck, Mm -hmm. and they re-embody from the astral plane again, and they've made no progress between embodiments because they can't attend... The schoolrooms in heaven, where people learn, understand, get taught, get prepared for their next embodiment, mm-hmm. sh- learn their mistakes and errors and what they need to do differently. So you can see it's a two-edged sword. That, you know, those that have light get more light and more teaching when they come back. Those that have not embodied that light to get them to the etheric, they, they're the losers, and so they come back with the same momentums exactly as when Isn't they left embodiment
1: yeah. before. And that's a big gamble. To use your Las Vegas metaphor, it's a do gamble
3: they,
2: none of us want to take. I know. Do they know that they have uh, that they have passed when they when they go to this level and and like nothing happens until they reincarnate? What's well, their, what's their well, state of consciousness? I mean, things do
3: happen. Let's let's give the example of an alcoholic. Okay, and we can't say point blank this is going to happen to every alcoholic because obviously people are different. But in general, what happens is people that are alcoholics uh, you know, hang out in bars and where alcohol is. There are people that have left embodiment on the astral plane that try and vampirize that lighter experience from drinking. So they hang around in bars, too. So when when an alcoholic drinks in a bar, these discarnates, if you will, people who have died and not gotten to heaven, will try and and have that experience vicariously through this person. Can they? Yes, they can. Well, they can literally they, 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 they attach can attach themselves, themselves to the, the back of the neck. Okay. You know, I mean this is grim, but it's true. Yeah. And then when people leave embodiment or alcoholics and don't have the light to get under the retreats, uh, etheric retreats, they go on the astral plane where there are other alcoholics. Okay. And what do they do? Then they hang <clears> out in bars. And you can see it's a vicious circle and nobody makes any progress. Wow. And so that's why it's so tough to beat alcohol, as an example, or marijuana or these other things. They are death drugs because they take you to the level where there is no life mm-hmm. and so that's why they're so dangerous well what difference How, you know if i smoke marijuana i'm not harming anybody and da 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 da. well you are harming yourself spiritually at a level that um is very serious because okay. this is what happens you and people that squander their light through the way they live again they don't have the buoyancy of that light that will take them right up to the etheric <laughs> plane okay. and you know the purpose of this discussion is not to scare people the purpose is to say look you can do something about it right now. Right. If you're not where you want to be, you can change that. Change the way you live. God will help you. The angels are ready to help you in any way they can. If you want to give up alcohol or whatever it is that you feel is a burden on your soul, you can do it with God's help. And striving counts for a lot. You know, <laughs> yes. It really does. So, so this is a great. This is a message of hope. And how many people get to the other side and say, oh, I wish I knew this? So do you
2: think that Beethoven's Ode to Joy would
3: be a good thing to play? Would that be nice?
2: (laughs) For people, you know, really, seriously, for people to begin to break the cycle, so to speak, maybe they can start, I don't know, what do you do? Just
3: start where you're at. God will meet you wherever you are today doesn't matter what you've done or who you are, God will meet you there and help you go to the next step, whatever it is. And maybe it is just a kind word you give to someone. Well, you
1: you said something a moment ago, too, that I think bears repeating, and that is that you can't hide from God. That is like that slogan in Las Vegas, you know, what, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I have a friend who says, and on Facebook forever. <laughs> so I started to think about that. And I went, you know, Facebook is the bane of karma dodgers Because people thought they could hide, you know, and now yeah. they're getting exposed. You know, people with their little, like, their their camera phones are catching people doing things that they thought before were hidden from view. You know, yeah. so. I, I, why do we want to hide from God? Exactly. Why do we want to hide from God? We love God. He loves us. God,
3: if I'm. A little off base here, then, then help me to self-correct. Help me to take that single next step that will draw me closer to you.
1: Well, I want to bring up something. Um, we alluded, it, alluded to it a, a little bit ago, but uh, focus a bit more tightly on this. And that is, what can we do for the souls who have made tra- their transition? What is it we, we can help them to get that buoyancy that you talked about and rise? we well, can do we, that with our decrees right with our prayer work
2: right and we have a we have a service which we give on friday nights well, which is service. for the ascension service yeah. it's, it's that's the focus and uh, basically you know through our prayers and our decrees we can we can help not only those who are loved ones that have maybe made the transition but all people who mm-hmm. have made the transition mm-hmm. and we assist ourselves uh, toward the ascension Well ourself. i think that's
3: a really good point because Because of free will, because we're on the physical plane, we can make prayers for people that allows the angels to intercede and can cut them free from where they're stuck on the astral plane. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember a story many years ago where there was a woman that was studying the teachings of the of Masters, and she made her transition. And in those days, uh, Mrs. Prophet would make calls for, for people that were in our church, our community, and so forth. And when she made the call, this woman who still had a little bit of momentum of gossiping, shall we say. She found her on the astral plane sitting on a front porch gossiping with other people. In other words, she had such a momentum of gossip that that's where she ended up. It was greater than a momentum of light, even though she'd studied these teachings. Mm -hmm. So Mrs. Prophet went to her and the lady looked at her and said, Oh, I'm not supposed to be here, am I? And because of the calls and prayers, she was cut free and got to the theoric retreats. So we can make a difference. You know, Catholics pray for people that pass on, and most Protestants don't, but it's a really good thing to do for the angels Mm -hmm. to intercede and help them. And so we definitely pray for people that have made the transition, and especially when there's accidents or so forth, um, where there's a, a mass loss of life we can make the calls for the angels to go and help them because people are confused in many cases and get them to the etheric retreats or wherever God some wants them to Some people don't be. even know that they've, that they've died. That they're,
2: you know. yeah. he, even Mark told that story about somebody who hadn't died that was in an accident, oh, yeah. and he was walking around going, I can't find my body, I can't find my body. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a, there was a, a conscious a disconnect at some level, even though he lived. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, power
3: is knowledge. Knowledge is power. (laughs) And vice versa. Knowledge is power. And this is a wonderful knowledge to have, isn't it? Yeah. Because, you know, we all want to go to heaven and it's just, well, I try and live a good life and do the right thing and you know, maybe I cheat on my taxes a little bit, but you know, (laughs) is that so bad? But (laughs) anyway, it changes your perspective. You know. What we do matters. The little things count. Every job. And there was there was a soul that was in our community that made the transition a number of years ago, and he was not as uh, attentive, shall we say, to his daily devotions as, as we're encouraged to be, but he had such a lifetime of service to others. He never said no. And he said that life of service was the currency that got him to the etheric plane. Oh my gosh. So, you know, it's very simple things. Forgiveness, love, charity, givingness, you know, letting go of those burdens that, you know, we all have. This is the key. And, and yeah. protecting the life force well, that we have.
1: Living Living with grace and gratitude is enlightened self-interest. Well,
3: And, and plus, it's a great way to live. <laughs> it I mean, sure is. I was talking to my wife before we came to the show today, <laughs> and, and uh, we were talking about this kind of a heavy subject, or it can be. And she said, well, you know the antidote to, to death, don't you? And I thought, ah, life? And she said, no, it's joy. <laughs> you know, joy is the motor of life, the joy of God, the beauty of God. And you can, you know, when you leave this body, whenever it's God's timing for you to do so, you can take off like a rocket and go right to the etheric plane and be in the, you know, the angelic Cities of Light, ready either for your ascension or to prepare for your next environment. Yeah,
1: and we don't want to tempt anybody to speed up the process either. I mean, y- your life is there for a reason. This to balance karma, to take advantage of opportunity. But when you look at at the next stage, the way you're describing it, the way we're talking about it, it is a joyous transition. It is something that is so it's it's wondrous as
3: long as it's God's timing and not ours.
1: Well, I mean, this that's is what why I'm saying.
3: suicide is such a serious crime. People come back right away into the same situation because death is not an escape. When God calls us to the next plane, we're ready to go. But as long as we're here, we're going to live life to the fullest.
1: And I think the Karmic Board gives those who do take their own lives a very stern warning. Yeah, it's
3: a serious crime.
1: (laughs) Yes, indeed. Well, on that note, let's take a short break, a little breather here, a couple of minutes. We'll be back shortly. Please stay with us.
0: Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
6: At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self.
4: For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads.
0: This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show.
1: And thank you for staying with us. We are back. I'm Tom, he's Terry, and he's Sid. <laughs> and I'm just kind of making up for lost time there. Um, as we were going through the, the break, we were kind of discussing... What it is we'd like to maybe cover at this point, because we've talked a lot about what happens at the transition, and in various ways talking about where people end up, astral plane being one of the the more common um, destinations. Yeah. Um, but there is a higher realm, of course. You mentioned it, said in the thirty-three uh, state levels of the astral it that are, are above the etheric, right? That are above the uh, this physical plane, and. There are places where the soul does go. Once the angels have extricated us from the astral plane, that's where we've been found. Or if our souls were buoyant enough to make it through on our own uh, to that level, what happens next?
3: Well, you know, we've all heard the stories of heaven. You know, the etheric cities, the you know, the New Jerusalem. They're all true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are. They're true beyond our wildest expectation. The beauty of God, the 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 colors, the the music, beyond what we can comprehend on this plane. I mean, it's, you know, what happens? Every person that gets over there, I ain't going back. I'm staying here. (laughs) Well, they don't have words to describe it, No, they can't. They said we can't describe what we experience in in earthly terms. So we know how wonderful it is. But what happens is people do come back, whether in a near death they come back immediately or after they've passed from the screen of life, they come back because they have unfinished business. We cannot spend eternity in heaven until we gain our ascension and we cannot gain our ascension until we balance our karma and fulfill the divine plan for our life so that's why we keep coming back what is, what is so wonderful about being in the etheric plane between embodiments is they literally have universities of the spirit there where we will go and study you know basic teachings on life Sure, but we'll also be studying exactly what we need to do we'll look at our own karma the mistakes we've made in the past what we need to do to get to the point where we can balance it and make our ascension and what lessons we need to learn, the people we have to interact and so forth with. And so we get all the tools we need to come back in embodiment. Now, as we know, you know the, the, the door closes when we come to embodiment and we forget it all. But don't we all have a sense sometimes, you know, I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed yeah. to go there. Oh. I know there's more out there. I know there's something I need to do. And so we have those things, and God will give us those glimpse, glimpses and open the door of those places we need to go to fulfill our purpose. And we have a sense of a timeline, kind of. That, yeah, you know, and I ticket, know. I think we've all t- had that sense. You know, I've got to do something this lifetime. You know, the, the, yeah. Oh, yeah. the partying is over. This is time to get serious about my spiritual path, balancing right. my karma, because the goal is within reach. And many people, because it's the end of a cycle you know, the end of a a 25,000, 26,000-year cycle, Mm -hmm. whether you want to call it Armageddon or whatever you want to do, there's great opportunity. And that's why you're hearing this radio show. This is why these teachings are available. Mm -hmm. Because through the use of the violet flame and the understanding of the spoken word and who we are, where we've come from, and how we get to heaven never to have to leave, then we could put all these pieces together. And so getting to the etheric retreats is a great mercy between embodiment. But i got to tell you something else. There is a dispensation for us to go there now while we're still embodiment when we sleep at night. You can pray for the angels to take you there. Give some devotions before you go to sleep to get your being in the right uh, framework. And ask for the angels to take you to the retreats of the ascended Masters where you can learn even now. You don't have to rate between embodiments. Mm -hmm. So God has given us every opportunity, every tool, but we have to choose to use them because of free will.
1: You know, you can look at the passions that you feel, the inspirations that you feel, and get a, a pretty distinct clue about what you may be here to do, what your blueprint is, your divine blueprint. Mm-hmm. And if you do pay attention to that, one of the attributes of passion is urgency. Mm. You don't always equate those two, but de- you know, you definitely feel like something that you're very passionate about. You want to know everything you can about it as fast as you can, so you can explore the fullness of that experience inside your being. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to come ask you another question. Maybe you guys, one of you know. When the soul reaches the etheric schoolroom, or at least is standing at the doorstep to the schoolroom, is there a karmic reading? Is well, there something like I, that?
2: Before? I would imagine that the the karmic board would be involved at some point there because they're they're very integral to our coming and goings, and so.
1: But this is not a judgment. I guess I, I wanted to make the distinction. There's a karmic reading that basically has you look at what you were, what you went there to do the last time, and maybe didn't do, or maybe what you did do, and then as you decide based on information that they are giving you or the schoolroom provides, you then decide, okay, this is what I'm going to do. If I have to go back, I'm going to do this, this, and this. This is right. my, my goal. But then, as you said, the door closes, we forget. So we look at what our attainments may be, our, our you know, whatever our abilities, our passions, to give us a clue about what those things are that we probably agreed to do with the karmic board before we came back into embodiment. Right. right. Every
3: time before you come into embodiment, you go before the karmic board you discuss what you need to do, what karmas you're dealing with, who you need to contact, and so on and so forth. When you leave embodiment, you get a life review. And, and you know how people say, my life passed before my eyes? <laughs> Literally that happens. You review your entire embodiment, and you know what? You're the judge of your own life. And it's not that God is, you know, saying you did this wrong or that wrong. You can see clearly, you understand the right and the wrong, so you become your own judge. And again I'll go back to Casey said when people have these life reviews, a lot of after their embodiment a lot of times they're embarrassed (laughs) because they have not done what they had promised they would do before they left. They get distracted, they get go this way, they go that way, they get involved with things that deaden their sentence, senses, their spiritual senses, so they can't feel the promptings of God, they can't hear the promptings of God. I mean, there was one teaching about a soul who was a gangster in this embodiment, and when he left and he stood before the karmic board, he put his hands over his ears, so he couldn't <laughs> hear what he had to say. Well, I mean, that's a little self-defeating, wouldn't you agree? Yeah. So, so in other words... Choose life. Choose the way you live in every day so that when God gives you a prompting, when you feel a a direction, you can follow it and not deaden yourself through rock music, through drugs, through alcohol, through marijuana, so you don't have to deal with the realities of life. The realities of life are challenging, but God has the tools for us to deal with them if we're willing to roll up our sleeves and go to work.
1: And every choice is important. I remember St. Germain said that he made his ascension based on one million right decisions. Yeah. And it's every day, every moment, you have the opportunity to choose. So the little ones
3: count they, because they, they, all, they
1: all count. There's and, no reset. so, you know, if
3: you're sitting today and say, oh, boy, I, maybe I haven't done everything I should have done or whatever, where you are is okay. That's where you start. The, you know, the homeward journey, you just got to turn around and start walking the other way. It could be lifestyle choices. It could be embodying love. It could be forgiving. It could be these very core tenets of the Christian faith and all faiths. You know those are important. They do matter. They do count. And the little things will give you a momentum. And with God's help and in invoking the light of the ascended masters, and uh, you'll gain a momentum. as you go mem- gain a momentum, you'll make greater progress and greater progress and greater progress. doesn't mean you won't ever fall down because we all do. But all you have to do is get up one more time. We are building a momentum of light. Just as we build a, a momentum of making negative karma for many embodiments, We're going to turn around, start in the other direction, say, God, I need your help. I really can't do this myself, but I'm going to put forward the effort, and I'm going to put the next foot forward every day to try and do more, to build that momentum of light, because I want that momentum, not only for this lifetime, for future lifetimes. But when I make that transition, when God calls me home, I want that momentum to get me where I want to be, which is the etheric plane,
1: which is the heaven world. Yep. You know, one of the most insidious temptations we face is self-condemnation. Where we're going along, we think we have some momentum, and then we make a mistake, and the first thing we want to do is like the burnt feast the, the burnt toast at the feast It's like, "Oh, <laughs> I just blew it you know it, it's it's so tempting to want to get down on yourself when you're trying to be good to point out your own faults and the what the masters and the angels all tell us is don't go there, you don't have to go there It's not necessary that self examination is important. But don't criticize yourself. Don't judge well, yourself. Well, you, don't we hear, condemn we hear yourself.
3: Voices. Oh, you're not worthy enough yeah. to be on the spiritual path. Look at that. You knew. The we truth. hear from our teachers. You knew the truth yeah, and yeah. you still blew it. Oh, you're not. You better just leave because you can't be. You can't yeah. pursue this path. You're not good enough. That's it. Well, you know what? None of us are good enough in the human sense. But the light of God is within our hearts, and God within us is worthy of of that light and that holding that light and going forward and becoming an ascended being. And so. We all make mistakes. It's good to feel remorse. It's good to, to to do a penance of some kind, whether it's balancing the karma with the person you did it with or through service to life. It's That's how you balance karma. Mm-hmm. But don't allow this condemnation to be, on, be upon you. Jesus did not condemn people. And when you condemn yourself, you're condemning God. You can acknowledge the mistake, acknowledge the error, and pray for help to overcome them so that you don't repeat it. But don't let mistakes keep you from your path. Every single one of us make mistakes every day. We just get up and keep on going. And you will reinforce that momentum. Pray for the opportunity to balance your karma as God dictates us so that we can be free. We can look at God. We don't have to hide from God. We can have the joy of loving God even as we have this karma, even as we make mistakes, because he loves us, he's in us, and we're going home.
1: <laughs> you know, well, I don't know if, it, I'm sorry, Terry, you wanted to say well, something. Well, I just, I just wanted to say, you know, we, we touched on the
2: violet flame. Basically, the violet flame isn't the, the main focus of our program today. But, you know, just I am a being of violet fire. I am the purity God desires. Is it possible for a Baptist to, uh, to start saying that? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's an interesting I,
3: thought, I don't isn't
1: so, it?
2: So, but any <laughs> aliens?
3: <Episcopalians, no. laughs> yes, but no.
2: <laughs> but you know, I mean, that is such a freeing little mantra.
3: Yeah, and you know what? We're not trying to tell you to leave your church, your synagogue, or no. mosque, oh. or anything else. But take the tools that God has given you. You know, for instance, the keepers of fame fraternity, which we've talked about. You know, you know, you can be whatever. Religion or denomination you want, but you're opening yourself to learning a little more, to getting some more tools that you can use where right. you're at, and begin the purification process. You know, a lot of people go on these detoxes these days. I mean, you hear a lot about that, you know, right. physical fasting. <laughs> well, you know, how about fasting yourself from some of the indulgences of the world? Right. You know, even giving up meat like, for a period of time or whatever. But but try and avoid those things which you know are detrimental to your physical Body, because mm-hmm. w- negative things to your physical body affect your spiritual body as well. Right, And so, you know, we all know what those are. We don't have to tell you what they are. But yeah. begin with that. I remember when I was in college, I went on this, this fast for a period of time of, 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 you know, of no meat, you know. And believe me, I like meat. So anyway, but I had something happen to be doing that fast, and I, very positive, and I think it was because I was willing to take a step and willing to show that, God, I'm willing to do something myself. Mm -hmm. So begin with what you can do and see how God will return.
1: You know, there are are two qualities that are very instrumental in how we deal with these kinds of situations we find ourselves faced with, particularly when we make mistakes. And I don't know if this works for everybody, but I remember not long ago when it occurred to me that when these kinds of things happen, I could say thank you. And the more I said that, the more I felt that I meant it when I would say thank you for the opportunity to learn. Thank you for the opportunity to choose again. And then I would forgive myself. It was as simple as that. But that little formula of gratitude and forgiveness made a huge difference in my life because then I was not trailing this massive load of mistakes behind me. I didn't feel I had to do that anymore. I could let them go and take advantage of the learning that I was
3: gaining. And then do a penance. Create your own penance if you need to. Don't you feel better? Hey, I think I balanced
1: that karma. I'm ready to move on. Yeah. And it could be service to life. And it could be 10 minutes of violet flame. Yeah. Yeah. My gosh, we've done another segment, haven't we? (laughs) Well, gentlemen, I think we have to take one more break. Um, Let's go. And when we come back, let's kind of go into the heart of this whole thing about what happens when I die and really question the word itself. Do we really truly die? And what is the death consciousness? Okay. Okay, we'll come back to that after a short break. Please stay with us.
0: Voice America 7th Wave Channel Be Extraordinary, Be the Change
4: Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom, delivered by the ascended masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the masters of light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio
5: downloads. Right now, all over the world, warriors of light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man.
0: The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show.
1: Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for staying with us. Today we're talking about, actually we're answering the question, what happens when we die? Yep. And so far in today's program, we've covered the um, uh, transition itself, both timely and otherwise. We've talked about the astral plane, we've talked about etheric schoolrooms. I want to read a quote, because ultimately when we, have a, we pose that question, what happens when we die, we have to question the premise, do we truly die? Um, and this is a quote that is, that which is real... That which is born of God, created in the image and likeness of the flame of life itself, cannot die. And ultimately, what we face when we deal with the question, the concept of death, is something that is really illusory. And I think that it's good for us probably to delve into this whole culture of death the death consciousness at this point for a while, before we end on a note of joy. Yeah. <laughs> I just want well, to...
3: I, I think that's um, a really good point, Tom. It, it, you know, death is unreal. Jesus proved. Jesus defeated death by his resurrection. Mm-hmm. And so that is an attitude. You know, we get under the, the weight and the burden and the, the physical health and other problems and so forth. You know, you know, my Savior defeated death. It is unreal. And it's an affirmation that we have to challenge those forces because our culture is a death culture. Okay. What do I mean by that? What are the things that popular culture, culture exposes, you know, promotes? Mm-hmm. Alcohol. What does alcohol do? It cuts you off from your I am presence. It deadens you spiritually, and it's by degree. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, it's yeah. incremental. Well, what's one drink going to matter? You know, is there anybody going to really be harmed? I'm not an alcoholic. What's one drink matter? Well, if you want to be cut off from your I am presence, then by all means matter. go ahead and do it. But it's incremental death. And, and what it does is
2: destroys the, uh, the water body of one of the four, four lower bodies of man. So it focuses on the water, the water body, whereas alcohol uh, w- works against the air body. I, I kind of interrupted your thoughts sure, there, but good, I, I wanted to equate some of, these, some of these things to, to the four lower bodies of man and how it destroys us. Yeah,
3: and so as you do that, you lose light okay, because you're squandering it. You become denser. Now, it's not perceptible. You know, I feel just the way I did yesterday, da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. But with the, when you use marijuana, when you use drugs, alcohol, smoking, all these things, excessive sugar, it deadens your spiritual senses. And so you don't even know that you're getting denser. Okay.
1: Now, I, I, I'm jumping on your lines here a little bit, but you can get that light back. I mean, don't want it to leave the impression that if this is eroding, that you can't regain it. I mean, right. it takes a conscious choice and decision, of course, to do that, to reverse the tide, if you will. Right. But it's something that can be regained so that when we're talking about this, it's not hopeless.
3: Oh, no, absolutely not. No. I, and, but I wanted, the point I want to make here is we, you, you develop a momentum. Mm-hmm. Do you want a momentum of light or do you want a momentum of darkness? Say? And the culture says, you know, smoking marijuana, I mean, Colorado legalized marijuana for years. What difference does it make? It makes a huge difference because it takes from us our spiritual identity and our spiritual will. And that gets to the concept of sweet death.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yes.
3: Oh, I'm going to die anyway, so what difference does it make? I might as well enjoy myself while I'm here. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, death is unreal, but the fallen angels want to tell you it is real. <laughs> and why not embrace it? Why not, you know, end your life if you're suffering? Why should you suffer, you know? You know, it's, so it's, you can see how this abortion it's very insidious. is the culture of death. Yeah. Moses said to the Israelites, choose life. What does that mean? Choose life and how you live every day, reinforce life, do the right thing to take care of your physical temple in service to others, you know, love life, love whether it's the elementals in nature, or the light of God in other people, or whatever it is, but choose life, and look at, let's look at our lives and say, what are those things in our lives that are not what we want, that are really choosing death, even though they may seem so subtle, Mm -hmm. and yet they take us to a place away from God. And the, you know, I, I always remember reading this description of a guy that went to hell after you know a near a near death experience where he went to hell instead of heaven.
4: Uh-huh. And
3: he he said the most amazing thing and it was bad, I got to assure you. <laughs> he said there was so much darkness I could not even comprehend God and the concept of God. Oh my God. That is truly hell. Mm. And so don't allow ourselves to be deadened by degrees. Let us live by degrees. You know, we choose life. And when we choose life, we don't have any fear of the transition called death, because we are alive. We're alive in God and our positive momentums, and that will take us right to the retreats, whether it's for your ascension or to get ready for your next embodiment.
1: You know, and there is a conglomerate, a momentum of goodness that exists out there. That we we choose good, we choose to be, grat- you know, grateful or forgiving or joyful. It adds to that momentum. It does. It helps other people. It does exactly, and that, I think it's something that is often forgotten in the in the the turmoil of our own lives, we don't really think so much about the decisions we make having an effect on the rest of the world. But in fact, they do. There's a ripple effect that goes out, and it does make a difference. Right. And if we take the tools the
3: Ascended Masters have given us, as Terry, as you mentioned, the violet flame, the use of science spoken word, we can draw down that light. We can balance the karma we may have made from all the things, the mistakes we made in this and other embodiment. And God is encouraging us to do so. He wants us to... God wants us home. He loves us. Yep. You know, it's like that bumper sticker I've told you before. You know, if God loves you. Get over it, you know. <laughs> and so, you know, God doesn't care about the mistakes you made. You know, Paul says, and, and God will remember our sins no more. Mm-hmm. How's that? Yeah. I'm, I'm glad to hear those. Yeah, but right, we've yeah. got to balance them. We've got to right our wrongs, build a momentum of light. Your life will be different every single day because you'll have a buoyancy, a joy, and a momentum. doesn't mean it'll be easy. But you'll have those tools that will need to get through the top spots in life. Why worry about death? Worry about living.
1: Yeah, indeed. Well, and are we recommending a certain level of accountability for this? Absolutely. And this is what we're here to do. And we don't want to make it sound hard because it can be joyful. Hey, life is hard. Yeah. You know,
3: I mean, there's challenges. But that's okay. God has given us the tools. And if you have love... Love will allow you to be victorious over every challenge you face. You've
1: got both hands in the wheel when you do that. When you, when you embrace joy and love, you have both hands in the wheel. This, this is, is
3: not you, Pollyannish, you know. It, it, it's the reality of God. You know, you look at the saints and their lives. You know, a lot of them went through very difficult things. But they had a joy and a love that wouldn't we like to have? (laughs) Yes, indeed. Well, Well, it can be. What was that?
2: Death is not real and its appearance has no power. Yes. I love that. Death is not
3: real and its appearance has no power. We go from one room to the next when God determines it's time for us to go. Yeah. In the meantime, we must be about our Father's business.
1: Indeed. And it is a joyful business. I mean, we keep coming back to that, but we want to always make sure that we leave that taste in your mouth. That this is all about a joyful path it is a path that does not have all of the darkness that we might perceive it to or be the condemnation
3: or that <laughs> I'm a terrible sinner and da, 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 I'm da.
1: worthless and all yeah. that stuff. get it.
3: you know, it's just not true. No. So let us be about our father's business. There's an accountability that comes with knowledge. It's sobering at one level that, that we're saying, okay, we got to take responsibility for this. Someone else has not paid the price. Jesus gave us the opportunity. That's the price he paid, but I need to do this. But you know what? With God's help, I am going to return home to him. I'm going to balance my karma. I'm going to do the things I need to do to change my life increment by increment so that I build a momentum of light and joy, not only for myself, but for my family and for all the precious souls alive on this planet that are still caught up in the lie of death Mm -hmm. and what happens in Vegas, you know, stays in Vegas. And
1: on Facebook forever.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And so by you living that life, not only will you gain the victory, but others will will be effect as well and the souls of light will be returning to god
1: you know as a, a ps to this discussion i think it's good to remind people we remind ourselves every day that we are indeed and in fact co-creators with god yeah. that every act word motive and deed is energized is animated with god's energy so when you recognize that that's what you're using that's the fuel in your rocket you're going to be accountable in a way that you have perhaps never been before and that maybe not as fully as before because everything you do is you're doing it to God, for God, and with God. And it's an amazing uh, experience to recognize just how important it is for us to be that c- creator. It's life. It's, it's living. Yeah. W-
2: Isn't that exciting? It is. It is. <laughs> and, you know, and, and we want to hear from you folks out there. We do, we always We always tag this at the end of the show. Contact us at webradio.com. At tsl.org, webradio at tsl.org, and you'll talk to the keyboard fingers of somebody that'll answer your question.
1: Probably one of us. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Almost certainly, because we'd like to do it personally. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for for being here. I know that sometimes the content of our programs goes a bit uh, far afield from what you may be accustomed to in uh, normal, everyday online radio realms, but we're dedicated we really do want you to awaken to the light within because that's ultimately what you're here to do and to make your ascension and to not pass go. You know, just <laughs> rise up, have your, just feel the buoyancy of your soul going to where it's always wanted and meant to be because that's where it came from. Have you're your returning victory. to the heart of God. Have your victory. That's right. Yeah, well, thank you again for being with us. It's been another great show. Another hour has just kind of evaporated in a good way. And uh, thank you again for being here. And as we like to say, though the upward path may be difficult, The rewards are out of this this world. world. Thanks for being with us, everybody. God bless you.
0: Thank you again for joining us this week. Remember, tell your friends and family that they can listen to us live each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and Noon Mountain on Voice America's 7th Wave channel. For more information about The Open Door and The Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website, www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.